also DeBoer got fired. Did you see that? Yeah. What did you think about that one? Well, the team's been terrible, but it's not really his fault. The goal, they, they can't get any goaltending. Right? No. I still think Our... funniest DeBoer comment was what uh, that guy that I played with a couple times throughout the year, uh, throughout the years. He played with DeBoer for DeBoer in junior. And DeBoer used to tell him, when you see John Tavares on the ice, get off the ice. <laughs> That's good. That's still always my favorite one. Okay. Episode, I think we're on episode 13 now. Episode Matt Sundin. Wow. We're in this season. We're in this. We're in this boy. Okay. Rink Rat Report, episode 13, apparently. Uh, got a... Decent. We scratched up a decent amount to talk about this week, yeah. Wouldn't you yeah, say so? Yeah, for sure. All right, we got Taylor Hall trade, Leafs week in review, uh, upcoming Skeddy against Rangers, Red Wings, Hurricanes. And then we got the break, which it's not really a break. We got World Juniors, and then we're gonna touch on what do you do to make this team perfect. So let's get right into it. What did you think about the Taylor Hall trade, Josh? Oh, it's a big trade. It's probably the biggest in-season trade that we'll see this year. Um, a former Hart Trophy winner getting traded to a very surprising Arizona Coyote so far. I think people thought they'd take a leap this year from last year. Uh, they definitely have, and I think even they've been even better than people think. They've had great goaltending so far. I think we've touched on this in the podcast last mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. They have a great defense core, too, on that team. Mm-hmm. They play very defensively. What they were missing was more talent up front and they got a a plus high-end offensive stud in taylor hall really a uh a potential 40 goal 80 90 points and a top year guy we may not get that on this arizona team but he's going to give them offense that they needed so I, I really like the trade for them um for what the devils got back i think a lot of people probably thought that uh, they didn't do as well as people expected is that fair to say a hundred percent yeah um, I mean, they got they got the uh, the first round pick, the twenty twenty first, yeah, and then the twenty twenty one pick. There's conditions Condition. that can make it a first, but it, those are probably not going to get met. So it's you looking don't think? like that'll be a. What do you think? You think you think, think he's going to resign? They're, and they're going to. I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance that I mean they're they're playing very well right now. I mean, they I think they have caps. I don't know what their cap situation is because they've taken on who Chris Pronger, Marion Hosa. Every, pretty much they took on the 2006 All-Star team, it looks like. So I don't know when those come up, how much cap space they actually will have. But, I mean, Taylor Hall, if he fits in nicely, I could see him re-signing there. Why not? I know, but I, I, it's, it's, tough to, it's tough to say now. I, if I mm-hmm. had to bet against it, I would say he doesn't re-sign there, to be honest. Interesting. Especially considering they've already said they're not even going to talk contract until after the season. And yeah. a player like Taylor Hall, if you're not going to talk during the season, he might as well just go to free agency at that point. Yeah, you know things, I mean? so. if things run amiss during the season, yeah, you are right. It could go, uh, your, your hopes of re-signing him could go south pretty quick. Fun fact, he's got the same birthday as Piro. So oh, nice. He's got, um, he's got that against him. And I think people were were looking for, for like Devils fans were looking for probably not only a first but a high end prospect or a, yeah. or a player that could a marquee step prospect. In. I mean, Nick Merkley was was at one point people Still thought like he him. could be that guy, but his production is really tailed. You remember Nick Merkley was actually talked about if Calgary had their pick in the 2015 draft, which they traded that pick actually for Dougie Hamilton. 
If they didn't trade that pick, they were going to select Nick Merkley 15th overall. Do you remember? Yep, I do remember. A source that. of ours said that. A source close to the situation. I love saying that. Wow. Yeah, we're so and you know, he, he was he was looking like a guy who could. Who yeah. Could Over a point per game in his first year in the AHL. But it's kind of tailed off since then. I, yeah. I still think he's a nice Injuries. piece to add in a trade. But when we're talking about Victor Hall, or sorry, Taylor Hall, mm-hmm. uh, it's not good enough. I said I said Victor because I think the guy that people thought would be moving in this trade was the uh, 2019 first round pick by the Coyotes this year, Victor, Victor Soderstrom, Soderstrom who's currently playing in the, in the Swedish league, having a, a, a nice little year for himself as mm-hmm. a defenseman with uh, with nine points in 15 games, I believe, and. I saw people saying even oh my, if the Coyotes hold up to get Taylor Hall was that they're unwilling to move Victor Soderstrom like they're crazy they should just move him and lo and behold they ended up getting Taylor Hall without moving their first round pick yeah they they traded a, just a bunch of like mid-tier prospects I want to say I mean maybe one of them pans out to be decent but like Nate Schnarr 102 points in the OHL last year okay Kevin Ball um, we've seen what he's done with the World Juniors. He's got some game there. Nick Merkley, he's had at one point a lot of promise. So it, there's, there's conditions to these prospects. They didn't really get a knockout. They're getting a low first-round pick this year. And then, as we said, they're not guaranteeing a first-round pick next year. So this is a guy that's a former Hart Trophy winner and an all-star and a complete stud and you've moved him for a bunch of questionable pieces that may not pan out. They didn't even they didn't even move, get a uh, a roster player in return, a young roster player. So I'm a little suspect on this one. They got a lot of a lot of decent uh, pieces for it, but I don't think they really fit the puzzle. That's they'll, they'll fit to a puzzle. No, I don't think so. I'm surprised they didn't even push for. Like you said, a young roster. But I don't think they give up a guy like Dvorak, Christian even Fisher, for a Christian Fisher, maybe just just to add something to the lineup, right? Like, yeah. And, and every like they didn't get anything that can help them in in. They obviously don't need help this year, but in these types of trades, you like to acquire that like 21, 22, 23 year old NHL ready to guy to yeah. at least give your fans something to show for the trade. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they didn't really get any of that. Nothing in that one. So. A little bit surprising the return for Taylor Hall, um, and I, I mean, what do you think the Yotes now? I mean, that's they were not, they didn't have a high-end scoring player. I mean, Phil Kessel's only got seven goals and 19 points in 36 games. There, their leading score has 24 points in 36 games. Some good scoring depth, but they didn't have that elite scoring player. They've added one to the roster of good players that they have what do you think of the yotes now no i mean it's it's hard to not like them especially i mean the question is if they can keep this this level of goaltending up especially from darcy kemper who has been just unbelievable this year yeah he's a guy i threw around the fraud word i threw around the f word with him a couple years ago yeah and he's i mean 935 save percentage we're 25 games in now ronta 919 and then Ronta had a 9-19. That's incredible. Right. So, so, I mean, if you get that kind of goaltending, it's going to be hard to not make the playoffs and make a little bit of noise. And again, they added a guy who's a complete difference maker. So yeah, I, I, still, I still don't know if they have even adding Terrell. Do they have enough offense? You uh, know what I mean? 
they've got a lot of okay offense one thing i just saw here jacob chikrin who's mauled with injuries to start his career i thought he was a very very good player in his draft year he has more points than oliver ekman larson this year so that's pretty impressive that's promising for the yotes to see i'm not even going to look into it deeper but it's very promising for them to see but um in terms of elite when you think of like playoff the stanley cup winning teams like the guys that they've had uh let's look two years ago washington like list the guys they they fly off the top of your head ovechkin oshi backstrom kuznetsov um dmitry orlov on the back end was a complete stud like that's high high end scoring time i'm probably missing someone in there too but when it comes to the yotes i mean you look at it and it's okay clayton keller good but has never even eclipsed 70 points nick schmaltz good same kind of thing christian devorak good but phil kessel i mean he's a very good goal scorer he's a very talented player but who's feeding him the puck so do they have enough i'm still a little suspect can they pull a little new jersey devils magic out of there and win a couple rounds it wouldn't be the the most surprising thing to happen in the nhl no i don't think so i i, I like the move by chica to to pick up exactly what they needed mm-hmm. he, he knew they needed more more uh, offense he needed he knew they needed more fl- more flair really up front more skill up front and he he got it so tip of the tip of the cap to him and we'll see how they do going into the new year again I, I i'm still a little skeptical on the goaltending if it can hold up they'll be really good but they're, they're there's no sign of it slowing they... down there's no sign of it slowing down no i know but you never know i mean who knows so again if they can if yeah. that goaltending can keep up i think they're in they're in for a playoff spot this year for sure exactly exactly it's tough to predict goaltending in the in the playoffs i mean we've seen um, notably, Brayden Holtby go to the playoffs after Vesna seasons and just completely choke. Flurry back when he was with the Penguins, same sort of thing. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, it, as you as you said, it will be interesting to see how their numbers will hold up there. Um, so enough about uh, that trade there. I think we beat the horse there. Um, really, the only thing to touch. I mean, there's rumors flying out of New Jersey that. Vatnin and then Simmons are going to be on the move, but I don't want to speculate on that uh, too, too much or at all. Do you want to touch on that one? Oh, well, it's interesting. I just want to maybe just talk about New Jersey for a second. I thought they could flirt with the playoffs this year, really. Yep. And that's been completely wrong. And again, they've been getting killed by goaltending for the second or third. I don't know what it's been, second year in a row. Mm-hmm. It's ugly. It's hard to win. Look at their their backups. Like, if you count Schneider combined with Domingue, who they actually, I believe they paid Louis Domingue. It wasn't like he got a decent deal with them, didn't he? Uh, it was uh, it was league, league minimum, and they traded for him. It's like one mil or something oh, okay, like that. Okay. But like the, whatever, they went out to get him as the backup, and they had to trade for terrible. him. Terrible, and he, he's been terrible. He is well, he is a terrible goaltender, and he was right. playing for Tampa Bay last year. So, right. I mean, he's a fraud. Let's put it. Let's just call a spade a spade there. And I mean to be to be uh, a little harsh here. Nico Hichier has not been good this year, and he's so far three years in. I would say uh, has not even come close to lived up to the hype of a first overall pick. Especially yeah. considering he signed that big contract to start the season. He has yeah. not responded well. No, not too too much. Fifty two 
in 82, 47 and 69, and then 17, 28 this year. I mean, that's not the numbers of a first overall pick, but I do want to be Mr. Brightside here and say that uh, a first overall, former first overall pick that we're all currently gushing over didn't exactly have the greatest first three seasons in the NHL. You know who I'm talking about. Yes, Mr. McKinnon. Mr. I, McKinnon. So, and I mean, he's not, I mean, look at him. He's a baby-faced little boy right now. So, I I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't uh, ring the the bus horn if that's a real thing I don't know bang the bus bell too too hard on Nico. I also, I'm not sure I would compare him to Nathan McKinnon either. But, no, they're uh, they're built differently. Yeah, they, I, I I do agree, but I, I, it's just a point to bring up. I I think. Uh, right. I mean, they have two first overall picks in their top six. And- they have nothing to show for, which is obviously pro- they're both young, but yeah. we'll see what happens. Yeah, they might I mean, have they might have a third one coming this year, to be honest. So that's true. We'll uh, I mean, Alexi, Alexi Lafreniere playing, uh, getting uh, centered by Jack Hughes or Nico Hishier will be very special to see. And then Nikito Gusev, I mean, I want to say it hasn't been the right fit. Yeah. For the reason that he hasn't yeah. worked out too too well, but like I don't know, I, I, I mean, was they're so also high. playing him on like the third and fourth line, so he got scratched at one point. Yeah, it's not really again the fit is kind of bleak. Ugly it's bleak, and then and then we haven't even touched on PK Pernell Carl Subban With has five, five points, points this year games. in thirty three yeah. games. I don't like to use plus minus as a stat, but when it's so ugly. Sometimes you just have to. He's a dash thirteen, and he has five points. That's ugly. It's 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 not looking good in Jerseyville over there. But Mackenzie Blackwood a nine ten with a two seven seven. I have liked. I mean, he when he first came pro, uh, his numbers were very ugly. Uh, they weren't the greatest to start. It was a little a uh, little bit of a tough go for him. But he has been very good this season. And he's been a lot better than I thought what he would especially playing behind this uh disaster of a new jersey devils team am i right yeah i don't know it just has been legitimately a disaster for them yeah. they've blown a bunch of leads this year it's it's been bad it's been bad there's it is what it is. not much not much else you can say about that um so moving on from the taylor hall trade let's get into some Let's get into some Leafs talk. Let's get into some Leafs we can review, yeah? Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so the Calgary game, um, oddly enough, I was at Rockin' Horse for this one. Nice. And they, for a Christmas party, and I was like, hey, the Leafs game is on. I think the the, the, the Ravens were completely pounding the Jets. And yep. they're like, yeah, I can't turn it on. Someone asked for this game to be on. I'm like, yeah, but nobody wants to continue watching Lamar Jackson put his foot up the New York Jets' ass. Like, this is like, what are you watching for? Fantasy implications? Like, outside of that, I don't know. I think more people want to watch a Leaf game. They're like, no, sorry, we only have one box. We can't, uh, can't, can't do anything about that. So that sucked. I had to stream the first period on my phone. And to get Wi-Fi, you had to check in. So then on top of that, I looked like a complete donkey because I checked in a rocking horse at fucking like 10 p.m. on a Thursday. So there was that little frustration, but I watched it. Um, the comeback came short. That Matthews post was, uh, I thought that was in. I, th- I mean, I, I think everyone in Calgary thought that was in too. Yeah. Little lights went off, but just a couple 
really bad defensive breakdowns just killed them. What did you see this game? Yeah, it turned pretty quick. I mean, I, I was also flipping back and forth from the Ravens game at intermission, and I missed the first two goals that the Flames scored. Yeah, it was... and I turned back and I saw them selling for a third goal. I was like, "What just happened?" I mean, rewind the TV and you watch. They again sloppy. Didn't come out from that second intermission with really any juice, no. and it cost them the game. That they had played such a good forty minutes up to that point too. Really, I really felt like it's like, wow, we're going to get a big or have a good chance to get a big road win in Calgary here. And it uh, it collapsed quickly. I, I did like the play of, of the Tavares Marner line and yes. showed on the stat sheet. I thought they played really well. But even Marner then, Tavares, like, I felt like Tavares on the tip goal, I think, I think yeah. it was Johnny Goudreau tipped it. I think Tavares didn't pick up his man there. And that was his guy and tip, and it's in the back of the net. So it was I mean, great, 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 great game by them. But then. One ends up in the back of the net just from sloppiness. It was yeah. disappointing to see. What's even more disappointing is every time they lose now is um, the Fire Kyle Dubas crew comes out in full force, but they scurry away so fast after a win. And then even if they, I don't know, it takes a couple days for them to come back even if there is no Leafs game on, but they scurry when, when a win comes. But they're out in full force with their pitchforks. Went, well, like they I mean, were after this Calgary game. The, you know how it is. It's the NHL regular season. I understand the Leafs are started very poorly with Mike Babcock, but they're right. They're probably going to end up making the playoffs. Like they're pretty, you know, for where they started, they're in a good. They're going to end up in a good spot to end the year. It's never as good or as bad as people think. That's the that's the rule of thumb for the NHL regular season. So when they win, it's never oh we're going to win the Stanley Cup now. And when they lose, it's not we should fire Kyle Dubas. Sure, it was a disappointing loss. They're up 2-1 going into the third period on the road. They're also on the road playing against a really good Calgary team that's coming up, firing their coach as well and winning six games in a row. It was the hottest team in the NHL at that point. So Calgary's confirmed against racism. I mean, they fired Bill Peters, they rattle off six wins in a row. Yep. Or seven, I think it was. So, uh, yeah, well, they beat the Leafs, so seven. Damn. But, yeah, that was was one we... we, uh, Again, even with the power plays in the third period, you thought... Five on three there too. Five, five on three this year. I don't. We. I don't think we have a goal at five on three. We've had multiple five on three opportunities. And we have to check that. It's never looked good. But it was close. I mean, I thought I was on the edge. I was standing tall. I was on my tippy toes. I thought we were, they were going to be able to muster some sort of comeback. But uh, the sloppiness got the best of them. Uh, the Edmonton game. I mean, I don't know. I, I, they won this one, but I have my opinions about this one. Um, I'll go first on this one. Okay, sure, the, the sure, third sure. line had a chance every single game, every single shift. They were incredible. It was it was a, it was yeah. right when I believe we were all saying Kerfoot can't score. He's overpaid right now. Uh, don't say we're all. Don't say we're all. I, I have faith in that kid. He's he's a nice little player. I wasn't man. saying it. There was someone else. Yeah. Maybe he'll come face the music when one of these days. But so that third line had a chance every single shift. I mean, Pierre Engvall has been. I mean, that guy's just so, like, it's almost like, I don't even know what it is. He's just so smooth and he's so lanky that it's just chance, chance, chance. Uh, even against Buffalo, he had some great chances there too. Uh, but him and Mikheyev were, and Kerfoot, just such a good grit line. They they won the game for this team. Um, Edmonton did have long periods of offensive zone time, but they frequently, I felt like they didn't end up in very high scoring chances. 
the Matthews Tavares Nylander or Matthews Nylander time on ice. I mean, that was maybe a little bit of a message to them. Kapanen, I mean, wasn't looking good with them either there, but it flipped around against Buffalo, but we'll get into that. Holden Muzzin shutting down McDavid was very promising, but in this one, why I was a little disappointed, I felt like it was the Leafs didn't play better than Edmonton. They just are a better team and have better depth, and Edmonton's bare bones beyond the first line just slaughtered them this game. Really, what do you this think? is this this is the blueprint on if you're an an Oilers fan and you have complaints about their management, this is the game you show. Because though you know, like you said, the Leafs played well. They didn't play really well. I don't even think they necessarily outplayed Edmonton. No, not at but all. But they were a, especially the top. Our top six did not play well this game. Almost had zero contribution from the top six. And you know what? Edmonton needed someone to chip in from their not even bottom six, bottom nine forwards, and they got nothing. Alex Chieson got their goal, and I mean, it was just every outside of that, the, the chances just sucked. Yeah. Like they work hard, they hit, they they were gritty out there. But kudos to the Leafs, they they, they got some guys that will stand up to that. Hyman, um, Dermot, Muzzin, those are the most notable ones that I, I, from what I've seen. Um, and Leafs only playing with 5D that also does affect you a little bit there but yeah Edmonton just that was ugly and I mean what summed up Edmonton's game right there was what we posted on Insta with uh, Connor McDavid sharing his feelings with the camera the camera showing he was not happy well if you look at that play he did a good job it was he he was at the end of the shift too I think he'd been up for over a minute at that point yeah and he did a good job of keeping Timoshov to the outside literally all the way at the top of the point Mm -hmm. and he had two defensemen behind him and neither of them decided to pick up the man in front and Timoshov threw it in front and we had a tapping goal I mean you can understand his frustration there of course of course so uh, and honestly I have one more thing to say I'd love to know he probably wasn't watching, but what Mike Babcock was thinking watching, Justin Hole play 26 minutes, yeah, primarily matched up against the best player in the entire world, and played really well, too. He so. did. He did. Um, I think I might have said it last episode, but Justin Hole... Yeah, I said it last episode, so probably doesn't include these games. So Justin Hole's first 10 games, he averaged 12.46. His last 10, before this Edmonton game, I have to do it with the Edmonton game and all the other ones, he was averaging 17.30. Like, oh, and it's higher now, too, for sure. It's much higher now, for sure. So, I mean, Justin Hole, my, Justin, holy smokes. Uh, that'll be interesting. I mean, and I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer, but the Leafs only have one defenseman signed past this year. So, it'll be interesting to see the contract decisions that they make uh, back there. Uh, to close out the Leafs Week in Review, the game against Buffalo, uh, what would you think about that one? I mean, Austin Matthews? What, what, what do you want me to say about that? that those were How just are two you? incredible goals, honestly. The second one was on another level. I mean, mm-hmm. everything he did there. The made the play in the defensive end. Kind of got tied up with the Sabres player, so he was yeah. trailing late on the play. It was a three-on-two with, I forget which defenseman, and the two his two wingers. And Nylander did a good job gaining the zone, 
turned, saw Matthews come in, and he did the rest. Toe drags, little wave of the stick over the puck. Yeah. Fake shot, backhand. Backhand, the backhand was so good. And Sally with the fans. It was an awesome goal. Of course, of course. And then uh, in this one as well, I mean, I felt like the offense was there. And, I mean, the fourth line contributing like they did. I mean, Dimitro Timoshov. Um, Great goal. Great goal. Scoring that awesome goal. Honestly, that first goal by Gauthier, I mean, a little bit lucky. But when you press and you use your speed, uh, the goals are going to come like that pretty much. That's, that's all you can really see there. As I said, Pierre Engvall, a couple great chances there. Uh, Tavares was buzzing as well. Um it just comes down. I mean, they're up three-one, and the game ends four-three. And with Buffalo getting a couple chances late there, I don't know that four-two. It's just screams. I mean, you gotta tighten up, and they they gotta learn these little things if they wanna if they wanna win in the playoffs. I mean, the third goal by Buffalo, Matthews losing it in his own end, Nylander losing it in his own end. Bad rebound by Fred there. I mean, he's a stud. He, he can, but he's got to take a little bit of criticism once every yep. fucking I don't even know how long. But bad rebound. It's in the back of the net. I mean, imagine if they blow that. They were playing bad so rebound. well. Also uncovered in front of the net in the back of the net. Like, yeah, it was, it was a real bad play all around. Exactly, and I mean, it was like when you look at. It, I mean, watching it, they were they had all the chances. I mean. Olmark, kudos to Olmark too. He played very well, but to have it that close at the end of the game, I mean, you gotta you gotta scratch your head a little bit. You celebrate the win, but you gotta scratch your head a little bit after that one. What what do you think? Yeah, it, it's tough, um, especially when a guy comes in like Eichel and just rips one top shelf. Like that's one of those goals where it's like no matter how much you. Oh, want that was perfect. That was that was a perfect shot. Insane shot, right? You're right. I mean, they didn't they, they didn't play the tightest, but. At this point, you just take the wins. I agree, though. It's something that we've been waiting four years for them to. Now, what is the year four of this in terms of yeah, Washington being loose and, two and blowing leads? But it happens in the NHL, though. It happens. I, I feel like we this don't team's say that not a defensive team. No. Uh, and sometimes when they get behind, they try to be something they're not and they dump the puck in and they start to turn possession over. We see it less with Keith than we did with Babcock. Yeah. Because I think I, that's what I felt the issue used to be because you used to start to play the conservative style. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you to wanna... use the football equivalent, you start running the ball when you're up 14. You, you play to win the game. You play to win the game, you don't play Correct. to lose the game. Correct. So, I mean, it's something we'll look out for as the season goes on. Of course. I, I don't think your point is unfair. I, I, think, I think, especially against a team like Buffalo, in the division, I mean, it's the team that we're tr- currently trying to catch. Yeah. We'll be a little tighter in the third period. I think that's fair. I, I, I want to say something about Buffalo quickly, though. Yeah. It's similar to Edmonton. I said this going into the season. Like, they've had a good start to the year, sure. I don't think anyone thinks they're going to hold the current spot that they are in the standings. I think we'll probably end up seeing the Leafs in Tampa Bay in the 2-3 hole in that division. Yeah. I don't think that's unfair to say. No. But they didn't. They don't surround Eichel with enough still. I still don't think so, honestly. Um... I mean, I mean, it's it's not superstars, but like like Victor Olafson is going to That's be the on the defense. That's the guy that they've surrounded him with. That He's okay. Sam Reinhardt's not bad. Yeah, one of the Jeff best, Skinner then, has completely fallen off. They've added right. Marcus Johansson, who's okay. So I do see what you mean. <coughs> I do see what you mean. Eichel but hard right now, man. He's 
played oh, 22 yeah. minutes a game. He led the team in ice time against the Leafs. Yeah. It's, it's going to be tough for him to keep up the current pace. They need they need some 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 more scoring to help him out. That first line is insane right now. And no Casey Middlestad's in the minors a, too. That's Olsen one thing. was a great pickup. He yeah. has a great shot. I think I think Ryan Whitney pointed out to Ben Jacobs how good his kid's shot was because he played with him one year in Sweden or whatever, and he was right. This guy rips the puck, and he's been great so far. But other than that, like Skinner's been bad. And then go down the list, like Johansson, okay, decent second line center. Yeah, at best, at best. Yeah. Sheary hasn't been good for them. VC has, has not shown anything in the NHL. Casey Middlestad has been extremely disappointing. And what, Kyle Bozo, like... What stinks uh, is a lot of these guys you've named, they've gone out of their way to acquire them, and they've just... They haven't been that good. I mean, it's, it's disappointing to see. I mean, maybe, maybe uh, Jack Eichel has to go and fire another coach, because <laughs> that's what he does. But, uh... Yeah, the, I mean, what is promising? I mean, Linus Allmark's play has been, yeah, he's he's been good. I mean, maybe he's the starter moving forward. Um, but you got two solid guys there, so that's always uh, it's always promising when one's not one of your two goalies is not a top tier like top ten guy kind of thing. It's always promising to have those two because maybe one picks up the slack when the other isn't playing so so well. But, yeah, I, I do agree. That was a good point that not enough has been surrounded. I mean, Rasmus Dahlin has been awesome, but they you're right. They need a forward. I mean, they, do. they need someone. And, I mean, if I want to criticize Ralph Kruger, he's done a good job. But Dahlin averaging under 20 minutes a game doesn't seem He's just coming ideal. back. He's just coming back from injury, too. So know, he had a little bit of a rough, like, start to the season, like early start to the season. But uh, hopefully those numbers creep up because if they don't, then yeah, Ralph should uh, go back to soccer. But again, we're 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 kind of crapping on them. They had a good, they've had a good start. They, yeah. they really have. I just don't know if anyone thinks that they're going to keep it up. You look no. at some of the shooting percentages of some of their players too, and it's uh, looks like a PDO bomb is coming to this team. Yeah, how many teams go into the playoffs with one line, or in the Sabers' case, one player, and you say, "Yep, they're going to win this round." Does not. Happen. It just doesn't happen very often at all. So, um, quickly, let's touch on Rangers, Red Wings, Hurricanes. Um, I mean, the Rangers this season have been a roller coaster, really. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, what do you think about that one? I mean, you, you can see the talent on this team. This is an extremely talented team. Panarin has been. Worth his contract and more so far with 20 goals, 43 points. He's a stud. Strom's had a nice year. Zabinajad's a great two-way center, I believe. Um, Anthony D'Angelo. he's over a point a game. I have to check. I'm pretty sure he is. Zabinajad is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and they have other young guys. Buchnevich has chipped in. Capococco's been good for a first, good enough for them for a first-year player. Chris Kreider. And they have a good, kind of a sneaky Adam good Fox. defense court too. Yeah, they, they, I'm not going to say Truba. they like Truba's their their stud, quote unquote. But they have four guys that have played pretty well this year, and uh, and and Hank's still in net, doing a decent job, and and the goalie of the future for them, Alex Georgiev. He's been great this year. So I, I mean, they started really poor. Actually, I think they started. I think they won two or three in a row to start the year. Yeah, they went on a really cold stretch for for one point. Yep. And they've they've bounced back pretty well. I mean, they're not in a playoff spot right now, but they're right up there. So. And then on top of that, I th- 
Filipedal? No, I thought he was on a hot streak. I think he just had one nice highlight recently, but... Um, but again, another nice young player there that's actually chipping in, you know? Like, yeah, you can't sleep on the Rangers pretty much is the thing to say. I mean, they're not a one-line team. They've got some talent. I mean, Chris Kreider's better than the production he's put up. I would say Pavel yeah. Buzhnevich, if you're not watching him closely, he's an extremely skilled player. He'll burn you offensively. Anthony D'Angelo, the same sort of thing. But, I mean, these are... A lot of these guys are young players, and they do have deficiencies to their game, in my opinion. Um, like, in the defensive zone, especially for some of these guys. So, you really got to play that structured game. You got to get them moving in the defensive zone, and you got to be responsible and watching, watching your back for those stretch passes, especially... Um, when you're on offense too, so because they'll burn you. Um, Brendan Lemieux, I, I, I'm oh, just yeah, gonna say Brendan Lemieux is gonna cheap shot someone. He's been good though this year. He's played he's not well. bad. He's spit chucking knocks. The bit. one thing about playing teams like New York, playing other teams that are generally high event hockey, is we still do that better than pretty much any other team in the league. Yeah. So. Not as much as we talk about containing their team, they're thinking right now, how are we going to contain the Leafs top yeah, six with, exactly. our, with our current maker? It'll, it'll be a fun game for sure. Disappointing for, sure. for them, Lyish Anderson has one point in 17 games. Kraftsov yeah. is coming back, though. So that's my random comments about the And, and how about, I believe we have a, it's Friday, Saturday, is it not? Yeah. So goaltending situation. What, what's going on? I, I think they're going to play Hutchinson against Detroit. Detroit's been so yeah. bad, you can't... Yeah. How can you not play Hutchinson? I think that's <laughs> almost a layup for Hutchinson, too. It's like, man, we've given you so you many chances. To. This one is, like, legit. Like, if you don't win this game, there's no way they can start him again if he loses this game. you, you got to fire Like, just send him to the... Send, send him overseas or something. Send him away from the team as far as possible. Um, but, yeah... Speaking of a backup, I mean, Eric Comrie's on waivers. Um, he hasn't looked very good. He's been okay in the AHL. What do you think? Of, do you, would you want him? Uh, he did play. Three games for Detroit games, sucked. And I don't think he was very good. He sucked, but, but Detroit sucked. for Detroit. So, I don't know. His, his NHL small sample size has been pretty ugly. Yeah. I, I'm willing to try anyone, though, to be honest. I mean, My, I mean, he's... Uh, like I know I'm being pessimistic now. I did want him, I think, earlier in the season. I probably even said it on a podcast, but like he's not that big and he doesn't move that that well, especially for not being a very big guy. So that's where his deficiency kind of lays. But I mean, I don't know. I'm willing to almost try it. Like I'm sitting, I'm sitting in a room. I got my equipment behind me. Like I'm not doing anything Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, yeah. So I mean, good segue to the Detroit game. If we're talking about this is the game for Hutchison to play, that says pretty much all anyone needs to know about what we think. Yeah, about that's the that's team. about it. Detroit. I mean, I don't know. Lark and Mantha Bertuzzi's been sneaky good this year. He's been very good. Very very. AA's good. been underperforming. Fabry's been a rock star for Detroit, and then. But, I mean, those are just, like, it's like, okay, 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 okay. In net, they got um, nothing. Like, no, I mean, this team is... This is the Michael there. Hutchinson game. It's 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 a it's a team. I, again, I touched on this at the beginning of the year. They they have a lot of work to do. This roster is Dylan McElrath is playing but, games for you. Like, it's... Uh, 
It's ugly. Look at the amount of players of skaters they've dressed already. They've dressed 33 skaters this yeah. year already. Think about that. Like it's been, it's been ugly. And and again, I love Athanasio. I think he's a sick player. Sweet hands, great speed. Oh yeah. He's minus 35 this year, and that's not an indictment on him. That's an indictment on how bad the Red Wings are this year. For a, the fact that a player is minus 35. 30 games or 35 games of the year it's crazy there's four guys that are above my well i guess below minus 20 green chalowski and valtteri fulpula which i don't know why you're bringing back valtteri fulpula but in a rebuild but this is this is the okay. biggest rebuild in the nhl this team this i mean this is a disaster luckily they have some good players coming yeah. in from the draft joe valeno is the guy what also stinks is i really they were rebuilding and i really did not like their 2017 draft i think where they drafted rasmussen i wasn't a fan of a lot of those picks and i don't think a lot i think a lot of them they haven't signed already so that's a like when you take a full year off from drafting pretty much not a year off, but when you don't hit on a lot of those high second round picks, like a lot of those second round picks, like your first round pick, top 10 pick, it delays the process by a couple of years, I want to say. It does. And even this year, uh, I mean, Moritz Sider was a pick that a lot of people disagreed with. Uh, that He's was Eiserman's first pick. He's been pretty good this year, I think, in the AHL, all things yeah. considered, stepping in as a 19 year old. But even or an eighteen-year-old, even but even that, even then, I mean, they, they really need there. some of these guys to hit. They Yo. really do. Oh yeah. So there's another one that's in the the Lafreniere Byfield sweepstakes. So we'll see. Oh for sure, for sure. So Rangers sneaky good. Watch out. Um, Red Wings. This is the Hutchinson game, and then the Hurricanes to close out the break. What do you think about that one? Yeah, Carolina is awesome. I mean. They're one of the best teams in the East, no doubt. One of the best teams in the league. Sebastian Ajo, absolute stud up front. I mean, and like we know about their defense core. Their forwards have been good this year. Svechnikov, the fact that Svechnikov was the first player to do the Michigan lacrosse move in the NHL, and he subsequently became the second player to do it because he's done it twice now, is crazy. I mean, he's been unreal for them. I think, honestly, I think you were a huge fan of him. At one point, I, at one point, I said he's number one. He's incredible, yeah. and he's—I think he's proved you right so far. And oh yeah, tenfold. I mean, this guy's a stud. He really is. Um, he's a power winger, and he—he he will impact the game about as much as any winger can in the league right now. Honestly, yeah. I don't think that's a—that's an exaggeration. He's been unbelievable, especially for a 19-year-old. The future's really bright for him, and it's hard not to really gush over this Carolina team. They got depth up front. They have a strong top four decor. And even though Mrazek hasn't held up this year, our old pal James Reimer stepped in and done a pretty good job as a backup. So doesn't hugely I, surprise me because with James Reimer, he has to be in a situation where there is so much like no pressure that then he'll play well. When you think about it, all of his seasons where he's been okay or even the seasons where he's been bad. Let's start with those. The seasons where he's been bad is when he started as the starter. He was the guy, or and he was expected to win games that way. His, there was two seasons in Florida where Bobby Lou went down, and he came in, paid $3.5 million as a backup. This is your time to shine. This is why we brought you in, and he sucked. 
and he posted under sub 900 save percentages or even with the Leafs when uh, Jonathan Bernier went down in his one really good year with the Leafs he came in we lost god knows how many games in a row he's Reimer was very very average we missed the playoffs and then finally this year he's now he's named the backup in a small market team and what's he's done he's done nothing but flourish this guy is so mentally small it seems but like he's got some talent to him I think when the when the situation is perfect it's wild to see but the patterns are there (laughs) to prove me right no I completely agree he is a good backup goal and everybody especially Toronto fans because they still love him they've always wanted to make him more than that it's just not what he is and that's okay He's a good backup goalie at this point, and he, he's able to chip in, give you good games. Good so, backup good goalie if your starter is not in danger of getting injured. Right, right. Like like the definition of a backup, though. Not a good potential number one. A good backup. And then, so have a starter, and he is the one behind the starter, a backup. And then, don't, and then don't be surprised if all of a sudden he's your starter, and he's good. <laughs> His, like, just blows my mind with that guy. But and, uh, uh, also shout out Dougie Hamilton. That guy. Oh yeah. Has never gotten the. He's, he's had, been on the wrong end of the a lot of media stories about him and a lot of. He's just a nerd. I don't course. get it. Like. <laughs> and he came out. He's having a great year this year. He's in the Norris conversation, if you ask me. I mean, John Carlson's running away with it right now, but yeah, he's had a great year. Dougie thirty-four Hamilton. and thirty-four. And what's wild? Like I was in a dressing room actually where he was getting pooped on. And like it was like, I was like Dougie Hamilton. That guy put up fifty points. So like, oh, he was throwing Zaz up the middle, blah blah blah. He's just a quiet guy. Like, I don't know. Finally, great to see him just just shoving it up everyone's hoop there. Um, but yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be a tough game. Obviously, uh, I didn't see. Is this one in Carolina? No, at home, two p.m. On the, 23rd. the return of Jake Gardner. 2 p.m. on the 23rd. Thank God I have to work that day. I believe the, not they actually played Carolina two years ago in the same time slot, in the same time of the year, if uh, I'm not mistaken. They started, I remember that day, they started, it was like the next generation game or whatever. Yeah, they, they started, started, they started uh, Scott Darling. They started, they started skating and we started saucing, if you remember, at, uh, <laughs> at, was the last uh, at 2 p.m. Oh yeah, where you you and John went on your Christmas date to yeah. the Christmas party. And if I remember correctly, I believe Mitch Marner had four or five points that night. Too. Yep, I remember Scott Darling made some great saves, and then he just let in a couple ducks. Like that was just his the epitome of his, that season with uh, with the Hurricanes. If you remember that year, he made some save of the years, and then he let in some ducks of the year. Like it was, yeah, 100%. it made no sense watching that guy play hockey, but. Anyways, the last thing that I think we should touch on, big question. If you're in charge, forget everything. Forget scouts, forget coaches who have control over the team. Forget everything. You have the reins. What do you do to make this team perfect? Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, You go first. How wide-ranging are we talking about here? Are we talking about one move? Or are we talking about... What are we talking about? What do you What do you do with this team? What they ha- What you have right now, you can do anything. Okay, the first thing I do is I go to every single NHL GM and I say, look, 
Kasperi Kapanen has 18 points in 35 games for us. Playing middle six minutes. He's on a manageable contract. He's 23 years old. He can step into any of your top six and bring an impact. You take that player, and if they just don't like Kapanen, you say Alex Kerfoot or you say Andreas Janssen. You take one of those players who are currently a luxury for you. Those players, whether... We all love them. I love those three players. That's our third line. Or not our third line, but whatever. Two-thirds mm-hmm. of our third line and one top six forward going into going into the playoffs this year, 100%. You dangle those guys for a defenseman. That's that's really what you do, in my opinion. Which side? I don't know who, I don't know who the defenseman is. I, I can't tell you that because between now and the trade deadline or now in this offseason, we don't know who's going to be available. Yeah, that's the answer I would have given you this offseason was probably Dougie Hamilton, to be honest, when Carolina was looking to trade a defenseman. That was weird, yeah. That that ended up they ended up trading Justin Falk, but mm-hmm. um, that's the move I make. I think a lot of people are hesitant to trade any of those. I mean, they're three good young forwards on good contracts. Those are guys. I mean, they have they're only helping the team, but you need to take from your position of strength and trade for a position of weakness. And whether we like it or not, as good as Justin Hall's played. Uh, defense is still a position of weakness, especially after this year. Mm-hmm. I'm looking beyond this year. I mean, next year it's it's Sandin and Lilligren are coming up because they have to. I mean, we have no oh, yeah. we have nobody signed other than other than Morgan Riley and Justin Hall. Really, will probably he's not back, he's, un, he's not even under control. Right, exactly. So who knows with him either? So Travis Dermott's I mean, under control too, but yeah, he again, is not he signed. Is, right. Whatever. We need to fill two defense slots if you ask me this summer. So for sure. For sure. Uh, um, so my question is, I know, my question to you is, on what side though? Right side or left side? Ideally, right side. But again, you, if you can get a, a stud defenseman, which I think a player like Kapanen holds a lot of value to a lot of teams. Yeah. He's a former first-round pick. He's put up good enough numbers where you could picture him playing on a team in a top six role, improving on those numbers. Um, he, I feel like he's a tweener right now, and like if he, he moves somewhere else, he'll he'll flourish. Yeah, on the Leafs, he'll never be more than that, right? Like, yeah, we have Mitch, Mitch Marner, and William Nylander in front of them for the next seven years. I mean, he's not cracking that top six, so I think that's the guy to trade. I think he holds the most value around the league. I think when the Leafs have played in the playoffs, you hear a lot of people saying that Kapanen guy is really good, right? So yeah. I think the perception around him. I think that's that's a player you you uh, you look to deal. For sure. Um, yeah, I do think one of the forward, especially a winger, um, because you've got some talented guys in the Marlies that I, or even talented guys that are playing lesser roles right now that I feel could step in and make yeah. that bigger impact. I mean, the wing is not like defense. You can't take a bottom. Uh, a sixth defenseman and play him top minutes and expect gold from him. It's a lot more difficult. On the wing, it's dependent on your center. Maybe you have another good winger and you're just that complementary piece where you're not expected of a lot, but your talents mesh well with the others around you and you find some success. You can plug wingers in eat more easily. So I do agree with you on that, that we should move, that uh, a move for that would be good. Um, just, I mean, I'm looking at who's available right now on D in terms of whose contract is up, and it's either going to cost us a lot or there's not too, too much available. So That's why I don't think it's a trade deadline this year. I think it's an off-season move. 
anymore. I think it's Possibly, a like Sammy Vatnin's the the only one I see right now. Maybe. But you're not giving Kapanen for Sammy Vatnin. No, expiring right? like, 29 year old. Like it would have to be Vatnin plus. So and I, I don't think I don't think Pietrangelo's moving. So yeah, TJ Brody I don't think would be a good fit. I really no, do I like him. So. Good guy, but. I don't think he'd be a good fit for what the Leafs are looking for because he's... I think the perfect player is Colton Pareko. I don't know if he'll end up being available. Well, he's the perfect player for pretty much anyone. <laughs> I really, he's really a, like He's him. an awesome player. He's I mean, stud. guy that size with that foot speed is awesome. And yeah. they're going to have a bit of a cap crunch this summer. They really are. So That'll be interesting. We'll yeah, see. Yeah. I, I doubt That's where that Justin Falk contract is, just makes no sense to me. Yeah. But... Uh, it's, again, these guys don't grow on trees. That's the no. tough part, right? But in a perfect you... world, that's the trade you make. Exactly. You don't you don't try to get cute and you don't say, oh, Bracco in a second or whatever. You take a valuable piece of your team, which Kapanen is, and you move them because you need to give value to get value back. And that, exactly. That's, that's what I would do. What about you, sir? Let's hear it. Uh, so first I start, you need, you absolutely need a backup. Um I, I run through this on a diff, on a couple episodes ago where I looked at the the possibilities, um, and I I said it's either going to cost a lot to get a backup this trade deadline because the guys that are on expiring contracts right now, Robin Lehner, Corey Crawford, guys that are on expiring contracts that are worth going after. May I add, Robin Lehner, Corey Crawford, whose contract is a little too much, so is Robin Lehner's. Um, both are very good options both would cost a lot though uh jimmy howard playing terrible five million dollar cap hit can we afford him no and then the other available was uh ryan miller would be the best fit in my opinion again not happening though you don't think he's gonna leave not to be not to be tough on you this team i I know uh, this for a fact will not give any value for a backup and they do not have enough cap space to take on that yeah It'll be tough. So, I mean, uh, uh, Ryan Miller, 905. He's playing at a 905 right now-ish. Uh, 36-year-old's expiring contract. You don't think it would cost too, too much to get him? Here's my perspective, Joe. Unless they make a move for the for a backup within the next couple weeks, there's They're no not, point in there's doing no it. Point. If Frederick Anderson gets hurt in the playoffs, at least they're losing. That's the bottom line. It doesn't matter which backup they bring in. That's, that's the opinion I have. Yeah. That is true. You know what I mean? But you're yeah. right. They need a backup for sure. Sorry, I interrupted you. Let, let, let's let you continue. But, yeah, they do need a backup. In terms of what else they need, I mean, there's the issue. Like, on forward, I don't, like, there's not much to say. Because there's been games this year, I feel like a different line has won them the game each time. As I mentioned, Edmonton was won by the third line. Detroit, that one game in the beginning of the year, was won by the fourth line, which is incredible. The fourth line had two goals last game. And then, obviously, Mar- uh, the Tavares line and the Matthews line trade here and there playing complete, like, like complete wagons. So, in terms of forwards, you leave that. So, I do agree with you. On defense, something needs to shore up, and they need to pick up someone that, you know, actually knows what a defensive assignment is. Because at times it's it's mind-boggling how stupid some of these plays are. No, I agree. Can I ask you a tough question? Yeah. Morgan Riley, his contract coming up at the end of next year. At the end of next oh. year. Wait, what are you doing with Morgan Riley? Um. 
it's tough because the whole loyalty thing, but I feel like it's going to be a Toronto Raptors type situation where, I mean, sometimes in order to, in order to have those sick parades where you're, you're pouring Don, Don Perry on down everyone's throat in Toronto along, uh, along Lakeshore there, you sometimes got to sacrifice loyalty and, um, Morgan Riley is very good at one end of the ice, but has shown this year that just coming off of the rush in the defensive zone himself, he screened Frederick Anderson on that downing goal, by the way, also, uh, like just it's, it's been so bad. And I mean, I feel like another team would value him so much more that we'd be able to get something really good out of him. So maybe even a Morgan Riley, it wouldn't happen during the season. Absolutely not. But maybe even a Morgan Riley move in the offseason for a different D could be something. It's interesting to ponder. I, I, I think I, I had one year off. I think it's two years after this year left on his contract. But mm, uh, I that almost makes so. it even even tougher. I mean, who knows? Like it, it, uh, it's gonna, I think it's going to be really tough for him to be a Leaf when that contract that runs out. I really do. I really, really do. Even before, do you so, think he plays out the rest of that contract with, uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs? It's a great Leafs? question because you know what? If, if someone comes at you with a hockey trade where maybe, because Mo only has $5 million on his deal, so at okay. the end of this year he has $2 million left on, or $5 million left for two years, sorry. And yeah. if, if someone comes at you with saying like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know the type of player that we would even talk about. I can't think, but I, a right shot defense. Let's say Colton Pareko. Let's say, you know what? Uh, St. Louis wants to change the makeup of their team, and there's a one-for-one trade. We give you Morgan Riley for Colton Pareko. Would you do something like that? Like, I don't think I don't think St. Louis would do something like that. That's right. Like I don't that, think St. Louis would do it either, to be honest. But um, the one thing I do say in terms, if we're talking trades, they can't give up any more first-round picks, or you're going to decimate no, your franchise. You're not, you're not the Pittsburgh Penguins, where you're just picking guys up off the street after men's league, throwing them on a line beside Malkin, and they're putting up 24 points in 20 games. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, we're not the Pittsburgh Penguins. You I mean, need what about, to hold those first-round picks. We talked about Detroit. You can see the effect on their roster right now for how many first-round picks and picks overall they've given up or not turned into yeah players. Like, it's ugly. Or I even mean, the stubbornness to start their rebuild. They started right. it too late. I mean, I think the Leafs, for this draft cycle, it could have been a lot worse, but they got an absolute steal in Nick Robertson. It yeah. looks like so far, so... That could help, but again, like that's not an excuse for not having a first round pick, and they don't have one again this exactly. year. So I, again, I would also, yeah, I would also when you, you're starting to run out of picks too, you start to nitpick past ones. Like Emily yeah. Rassen and sucks. Yeah, there's no way around it. He sucks. He can't skate. Like, and he's digressed since we drafted him, which is wild to see. So that was a second round pick there. That kind of hurts moving forward, but. It'll be curious. the The scouting department's got the amateur scouting department's got a lot on their hands, and so does I mean, so does our GM. There's there's a lot of pieces moving uh, in the offseason due to free agency too. There's not too too much cap room, so it'll be interesting to see. But I think we're on the same page in terms of to make this team perfect. Backup goalie, beefed up defense, right? Backup goalie one's tough for me because uh, it's it's just like 
like you said, like you did a great job illustrating the guys that would be traded for, like Robin Lehner, Corey Crawford. Those guys would make way too much money to trade for. Jimmy yeah. Howard hasn't played this well, that well this year. Ryan Miller's not a bad option, but again, like, is it gonna how much happen? value does does a backup goalie really have to us yeah. at the deadline with 18 games left in the year? It, it doesn't. Exactly. It really doesn't. What's weird? Also, I wanted to point out um, with people saying like, "Oh, take loads off your starter in the regular season." From what I remember in years, I know I'm relating this to minor hockey, but in years where I was in the beginning of the season where I was splitting games with the other starter, that's when I was putting up my best numbers, not when I was starting every single game down the stretch. So whether it was a mental thing, it was not a physical thing at all. I was 15 years old, but I like whether it was a mental thing or something, but that that's what I found when I was splitting games, I was playing at my best. No, ideally, I completely agree. We have there's a little bit more of a load off Frederick Anderson, but that was a conversation we had at the start of the year when we thought we were a guaranteed playoff team. This, the script's kind of changed here a bit. You know what I mean? Like they have to start mm-hmm. Freddie on that back to back now because you know because they had to. You know what I mean? They they needed to win one of those two games. Yeah, right? I thought they. Yeah, I thought they'd be good enough where a subpar backup goalie would be able to be hidden kind of thing on this right, team. Right, exactly. And you'd be able exactly. to give them starts, but they have not been good enough defensively at all. Right. And it's no part to Cody CC. Right. All I'm saying is as the year goes on, as much as a backup goalie is a huge hole for this team, like it, it becomes less and less important, as weird as it sounds, if you really think about it. Sure, let's get Ryan Miller. Are you are you really confident in Ryan Miller in the playoffs? Like if he goes thirty six year old Ryan Miller, <laughs> you're losing. Everyone says, "Oh, look at all these teams; they've been able to play two goalies in the playoffs." Yeah, when they have Matt Murray as the quote unquote backup, when he's making entry level money because he's their young stud goalie, sure. Or when Flurry was able to come in the other year because again, Matt Murray wasn't making that much money, and Flurry was on the end of his deal, a proven Stanley Cup winning goalie. When people relate that to the Leafs, it like kind of boggles my mind. Personally. Oh, it's funny. But, Their coach, who is it, Mike Sullivan, in my opinion, made the wrong goaltending decisions in both of those years, and somehow it worked out. It made no sense to me. And the other one, oh, Holtby was able to go in for Grubauer again. Grubauer was a young stud goalie. It's not the same thing. I understand the premise. Like, and Holtby has a Vezina. been able to play two goalies and win the Stanley Cup, exactly. but it's not like. It's not like they had a starter and a backup. These teams had a good, proven goalie who they paid money and a young goalie on a manageable contract who was who going out, to be a starter very soon. And who outplayed expectations, exactly. So uh, it's, it, I, that's the only thing when people bring up those situations. It's, it, it's, yeah. it's apples you're not, to you're not, you're not pulling Louis Domingue off of waivers and then putting him in and he's playing well. Correct, exactly. Bingo, bango. Um, I think that covers about everything. We've pretty much hit time here this is it's been a lot more than i expected it's been an awesome episode and uh we'll see you all next week thank you for joining me josh and we will probably hopefully now that there's a break and everything be throwing out more content yep sounds good fight on baby